So looking for an update on what's coming out of the Biden-Putin meeting. There isn't anything. They're in the middle of the meeting right now, an expected five-hour meeting. Uh, there's been the G7, the NATO meeting, and now the meeting in Geneva between Vladimir Putin, Joe Biden, and their respective counterparts in Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, as well as Sergei Lavrov, also a longtime D.C. insider, by the way. Uh, joining me, Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas, uh, to talk about all of this. So, you know, with little coming out or nothing expected to come out of the meeting till after, uh, beginning with the G7, how would you assess the trip so far? Well, well, David, I guess the good news is uh, the president hasn't done anything that's going to get him on Saturday night live, right? But but what have they got accomplished? Uh, the G7 has always been a, just a, a club that they really don't accomplish anything. Uh, they, they, they sent out a, a memorandum that was very weak. Uh, they should be focused on the world economy, right? And, and things like cybersecurity, the cyber attacks. Um, those types of serious issues, but really it's just a boys club and, uh, well, boys and girls club in today's age. But, but certainly I, I think uh, we haven't got much accomplished so far. Our president walking in there from a position of weakness, um, and I, I think that our uh, people like Putin are going to size the situation up, and I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about what the president's going to be able to get accomplished there today. Let's move to the NATO meeting and i the g7 is you know it's a fluff meeting it has been for a long time positions are well established going into it by anyone who observes it uh, and the work often done away from the cameras but the nato meeting and biden's first round in nato is what concerns me signals were sent china flying 28 fighter jets the largest group ever flown uh, toward Taiwan, Russia, 300 miles off the Hawaiian coast, largest ever naval exercises conducted. Uh, these are signals, as well as the USS Ronald Reagan carrier strike group entering the South China Sea. Uh, so now we have signals being sent ahead of when during these meetings and the meeting with NATO. I, I'm more concerned about that because of the realignment of NATO since the realignment by President Trump when it comes to responsibility by those nations. Yeah, David, I think we see more and more uh, these nations, uh, the totalitarian nations working together. And I don't think it's coincidence what you're describing there, well, what China and Russia are doing right now. I, I would share what I've said in the war rooms, uh, private companies as well as military institutions, and we're saying they're watching the cyber attacks come over. 95% of them are from, from China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Uh, absolutely, even just think of uh, the skirmish uh, going on there between Hamas and, and Israel, that that was coordinated between all of them saying, hey, let's send a, a blow off the bow uh, for President Biden. Let's see how he reacts. So, so you're right. So this is the time that NATO needs to stand up. Thank goodness uh, NATO was in a lot better shape today than it was four years ago. All the countries, thanks to President Trump's insistence, have invested more money in their national defense. So at least we're starting off in a better spot today. Let's get to NATO and cyber in a moment. I think there's a part that needs to be discussed that doesn't get a lot of attention. But before we get to that, uh, 
Iran is the proxy, or rather has the proxy in Hamas and Hezbollah, and that played out with the balloon and airship attacks. Uh, They broke the peace. Hamas broke the peace with Israel. Russia has an important role to play in that part of the Middle East because of TARDIS, their only warm water naval base in Syria. So destabilization, Iran, China has an interest there. Do you think these were all parts of the of a somewhat maybe coordinated, coincidental or opportunistic moment for these nations to send a message to the United States? I, I think we have to assume that. Uh, I think we see more and more of these these uh, nations sharing technology. Uh, I mean, how in the world did North Korea so quickly develop their their nuclear arsenal, right, without some some help from somebody else? So I do think it's in coordination. And what was sad to see is is the is President Biden didn't stand up strong for Israel. This was the the line that was being drawn. So before. Before Israel could really have a firm response, the president was already crying to to shut things down. Uh, I think it showed weakness. I, I think it just shows once again, as, as this president wants to get, uh, bring this Iran treaty back to fruition and give them nuclear warheads within a couple years as well. So I do think they're coordinated. Whenever they can create chaos for the United States and NATO countries, they're going to keep doing that. We've seen a shift in the politics of Israel, a very uh, minor margin, but a new prime minister who, to that, to your point, stood up and said they're not in favor of the JCPOA, uh, which Biden would like to reenter. How much do you think that plays into Biden's lack of a response? Because instead of a change and and a sudden acceptance of the Biden approach, we have something very similar to what Benjamin Netanyahu had for a dozen years. Well, look, regardless of who's in charge of Israel right now, we need to make sure that there is bipartisan support for Israel. You know, that was something that that most people my age, as we went through Sunday school, that's what we were taught was to stand up uh, for Israel. That's what Americans believe in. They're the only uh, democracy in the Middle East. They're a great partner. They have thwarted so many uh, attacks, terrorist attacks on the United States from an intelligence standpoint. So regardless, as we see Israel go through this change, I just think it's really important we have a bipartisan support for them. And, you know, just concerned about some of my colleagues across the aisle, uh, it appears that they're, they're more pro-Palestine than they are Israel. Uh, so this is, a, this is a big concern for me. To NATO now in cyber, and of course NATO uh, has expanded uh, some of its cyber threat defense. You have this meeting, you have Russia with its contractors acting on behalf of Putin or benefiting Putin, and others, attacks against uh, JBS Foods, the Colonial Pipeline, uh, various against Microsoft, others that don't get much discussion. But it's an effective and cheap weapon for Russia in the sense that they're able to see it happen. The criminals or the contractors get paid, whether through the ransomware or otherwise. So what would you have liked to see come out of that NATO meeting on cyber? And have you seen anything that says NATO will act as it should? Well, I, I think the language is still a little weak. So the good news, at least they, they brought up the subject of cyber and as, as well as the, uh, the importance of, of standing up to China. 
So I think it needs to be, what are we going to do? You know, my old track coach used to tell me, don't tell me, show me. And you get out his old-fashioned stopwatch and say, I don't want to hear what you, what your high school record is. I want to go see what you can run today. So I think that's what I'm looking for is actions. And I think what your listeners need to realize is just the different culture that, that would be in a totalitarian government that nothing happens inside of Russia or China without their leaders blessing it, participating it, and taking a pound of flesh out of them, right? So the military may be empowering these rogue actors, these people that are, are, are doing cyber piracy. So I think that what are the consequences going to be? How are we going to punish them, whether it's economically through sanctions? So I think it's standing up and saying, look, this, uh, this last attack on, on the pipeline that, that fueled uh, the, the eastern seaboard for the United States for gas uh, was, was definitely from Russia. And, and we have to assume that Putin was complicit in doing that. So how do we stand up to, to them as, as NATO rather than just one nation uh, functioning in response? My guest, Senator Roger Marshall from Congress, I've got to bring it home to what's playing out today in the, your body, the United States Senate, and that is that uh, Senator Schumer will trigger reconciliation at some point today. I don't know if he already has. And that is the process for the budget into fiscal year 2022. Eleven Republicans need to hold in committee or trillions will go out the door Uh what is your take on what will happen today? And do you think that the senator will be successful if a Republican defects? We see a financial nightmare down the road, in my opinion. Well, David, I, I think we're in good shape on the Republican side. I've never seen our caucus work so well together. We're, we're meeting together uh, for lunch three times a week. The Democrats didn't even have enough people here yesterday to, to have their votes. They had to cancel the votes in the afternoon. Uh, frankly, they're incompetent and don't know how to run things. So I, I, I think uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have been very strong in saying they don't want to get rid of the filibuster, that things need to be done bipartisan uh, for long-lasting solutions. So, uh, David, my staff tells me that I need to go to my next uh, meeting here, but I sure appreciate you being on the call with you today. Senator, I always appreciate your conversations. The staff can take it away, and I've got the rest of the show. We'll have you back soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas. Yeah, Joe Biden expected to trigger reconciliation today. Again, those 11 Republicans, it's an 11 to 11 uh, balance, if you will, with this power sharing agreement. And if that holds... My concerns, Mitt Romney and Ben Sass on that committee and uh, possibly Pat Toomey. We'll see what happens, but I'll be keeping a close eye on that here on the home front. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. And I always appreciate Senator Marshall coming on to lay out these issues. I'll be right back. 